Welcome to Building the Bridge, connecting parents and educators around online learning. I'm your host, Dr. Wendy Oliver, Chief Learning Officer for Edison Learning. Each week, this podcast will present targeted, practical strategies for both teachers and parents to ensure we are all on the same page and successfully navigating the digital education world together. Thanks for joining me on this journey. And now, please enjoy today's episode. I'm pleased to have a great guest with me today, Dr. Kristen Matson. Kristen is a former English teacher and school librarian who currently works as an adjunct professor and education consultant. She partners with educators in all content areas to integrate digital literacy, research skills, creation, and innovation in the classroom. Kristen is author of a brand new book, Ethics in a Digital World, Guiding Students Through Society's Biggest Questions, which is published by ISTE. Kristen, thank you so much for joining Building the Bridge today. Thank you for having me, Wendy. I really appreciate it. Well, I'm very much looking forward to talking about your new book that just came out. Can you start off by telling us how you define digital citizenship and digital ethics? Yeah, digital citizenship is one of those really squishy terms that I think a lot of people use, but also kind of define in really, really different ways. For me, a digital citizen is someone who has the skills and competencies to be able to successfully communicate and collaborate and be part of digital communities in our global society. When I think about ethics in a digital world, I really like to play around with these questions that are starting to come up as we become a more technologically advanced society. So, you know, it's kind of those questions of just because we can, does it mean we should? And really starting to explore those gray areas that are right at the intersection of technology and humanity. I love that you just jumped right in there and you brought up the ethics Yeah. Specifically on this topic, why is it so important to educate not only teachers, but also parents in this area? I think many of us, and I know I used to think of technology as like this neutral tool that I could use either for good or for bad. And the tool itself, at least in my mind, was always just this neutral and it was the people that controlled the use of it. But the more that I learn and the more that I understand about the ways that technologies are built and the impacts that these technologies have on us as a society, I wouldn't say that these tools are neutral tools anymore. And I think it's really important for those of us who utilize all sorts of different technological tools to understand the ways that they are built, how those different decisions by the people who create these technologies impact us personally, impact our relationships, impact us as a society as a whole. And so I think this is a discussion not just for teachers and not just for students, but it's a discussion for all of us as human beings who utilize technology. I think the more that we can have these discussions, the better off that we'll be in the future. How has the pandemic influenced or shifted these conversations about digital citizenship and ethics? Yeah, so the pandemic is interesting because I think what it's done for a lot of us is just made more visible some of the issues that have always kind of been lying underneath the surface. As a former school librarian, I've been a huge proponent for years of information literacy skills, media literacy skills, 
I always talked about how the digital divide can't simply be defined as who has a device and who doesn't have a device because the digital divide is so much more than that. It's who has the skills to utilize these devices and tools for the best purposes, to be the best learners, to access information. And many of our students didn't have those skills. And I think pre-pandemic, it was easy to ignore some of that or deprioritize it because we had so many other things that we were concerned about. But during the pandemic, when all of the learning went online, it became really clear that a lot of our students and unfortunately, a lot of our teachers and parents as well were lacking some of the digital literacies, information technologies to really be able to own their learning and harness the power of the tools in front of them. So my hope is that post-pandemic, we will start to prioritize these skills within our curriculum and make sure that a kid doesn't just have a device, but a kid has all of the skills and knowledge that they need to utilize that device in the best ways possible. I would agree with you that it was very easy to ignore the quote unquote digital divide. And really it's now more of an opportunity for growth in many ways around skills and knowledge. What suggestions do you have for children or families that are in rural areas that simply don't have connectivity? Yeah, and I don't know that that is something that an individual family is going to be able to solve. I think this is a collective issue that we have to take up as a society and decide that broadband access for all is something that we value. And so paying attention to our local elections, our state elections, advocating at the government level for better funding, better support for broadband access, I think is something that we have to do as a collective. I don't think it's something that individual families are going to be able to advocate for on their own. Are you aware of any organizations or any groups that are coming together for that advocacy? I am a huge fan of ISTE. I think ISTE is doing so many great ISTE is the International Society for Technology and Education. I feel like they are doing so many great things on so many different fronts, including collaborating with major tech companies and policymakers. They are definitely my go-to organization, and so I'm probably more tuned into what they're doing than some other organizations are doing. I do think it is going to have to be a collective effort. You're listening to Building the Bridge, presented by Edison Learning. Stay tuned for more online learning tips and strategies. So as far as educators and the role that they play, one thing that the pandemic really brought forward is how hard our teachers work in this country. And they're already so pressed for time with squeezing in all the curriculum standards and all the mandates that they're required to include. For sure. How do educators find space for some of the topics that you're referencing within their curriculum? I think there's a couple of things that have to happen. I think we have to have a collective discussion nationally about what skills and mindsets do we want to prioritize? Because you're right, we have limited amount of time and space in a school day. If we can start to rethink how much we want our kids to just have access to content versus practice with skills, I think is going to help us free up some of that time and space. But I'm also a huge proponent that digital literacies, information media literacy skills, these have to be embedded 
naturally within the content areas themselves. And so there are so many different models. There are schools that try to teach some of these information literacy, digital citizenship skills in silos, right? They might have like a 20 minute advisory lesson once a week that the kids get, but it's very separate from the actual work that they're doing every day in the school. So I have found a lot of success in partnering with teachers in the humanities, specifically social studies and English to really rethink how we are teaching some of our reading, writing, speaking, and listening skills, making sure that we aren't just talking about those things in this academic classroom setting, but we're going deeper and we're showing students how these skills apply outside of the classroom in digital spaces as well. For our listeners, Dr. Matson and I really connected because we're both former English teachers. <laughs> so I love this conversation. And I love that you're saying to embed those real life and real world applications in the curriculum, because it also makes the curriculum much more engaging when you include those higher order thinking skills. It does. It does. And I think it makes our curriculum more relevant to our students as well. I partnered with a high school government teacher last year. And we were talking about some of the traditional things that the students learn, including major Supreme Court case decisions. And I remember one particular unit, the teacher was talking about privacy versus security. And when does the government say that it is okay to disrupt our privacy for the sake of the greater goods, security. And the example that he always used time and time again was student lockers. And your student locker is a private space until there is suspicion that you might have something in that locker that could be harmful to the greater uh, school. And so the principal would then have the ability to go and look through your locker. And so there was always this debate, right, about how private should a student locker be? And he just was frustrated because it was not a conversation he could really get kids excited about or engaged in like he used to be able to years ago. The students would say, I don't even really keep that much stuff in my locker. Like I'd be upset if a principal wanted to go through my phone, but why would a principal want to go through my phone? And so we ended up just shifting this entire conversation and really making it a debate about privacy versus security, uh, sort of nationally, how different technology companies decide what they keep private versus what information they are either required to turn over to the government or are willing to turn over to the government. We talked a lot about how or if employers, college recruiters should be able to dig into the digital backgrounds of their employees or of their students. And so the conversation just became so much richer. The content was the same, the concepts were the same, but we're using much more modern examples that really helped the students be bought in. I wish that every child in America could have conversations or probably in the world, not just America, conversations around privacy versus security. That is an awesome conversation to have, especially with high school kids, because a lot of times they think they're invincible and they don't realize they're starting their digital footprint, you know, as early, well, I mean, some kids as early as elementary school. Uh, but, sure, but that sure. digital footprint follows you. And then what does that really mean for you long-term? 
For sure. And not only my personal privacy in terms of like what I want to put out to the world, but how much data am I willing to give up to a technology company? Am I willing to allow a company to profit off of my likes and my movements around the internet? And even if I'm okay with it personally, are we okay with that collectively as a society? So there are just so many big questions that we're facing right now that don't have right or wrong answers. That's what makes them so amazing to bring into the classroom because there is no one right answer. But we can really get people, I think, diving into these topics and considering not only the pros of the technologies that we have, but maybe also some of the downsides. And I'm hopeful that if we can start having these conversations early with our middle schoolers, with our high schoolers, that they're going to grow into the technologists that are creating the next big things, but they're doing so in a way that benefits all of us as a humanity and not just building things from a capitalistic standpoint. So the example that you gave and the types of lessons that you're discussing clearly don't just belong in a contemporary issues classroom. Right. What resources would you recommend for teachers who are getting started with digital citizenship and ethics in the classroom? Sure. Um, I, you know, I've got resources for all over the spectrum. I think if you're really just starting out, Common Sense Media has a fantastic scope and sequence with free lesson plans uh, all around digital citizenship. If you want more knowledge yourself. I think that they are pretty low stakes type lessons that you can grab. You can learn a little something. You can have some awesome conversations with your students. And it's a really low, easy entry point. If you are concerned about misinformation, disinformation, helping students understand what they see and read and navigate online, the News Literacy Project is another grant-funded organization that has amazing free resources, not just for educators, but for families and communities as well. And then the third resource that I would shout out would be the Stanford History Education Group's Civic Online Reasoning Resources, another grant-funded project that is completely free for educators. I love it because it's built on the Google Apps for Education platform, so you can go in, grab a slide deck that already exists, grab some student handouts that are already built on Google Docs, uh, and they've got ready-to-go lessons that can help you and your students navigate everything from questions like, is what I'm looking at an advertisement to how do I choose which of these millions of Google results to click on when I'm looking for information to how do I verify the claims that I'm seeing online. So there is no need to sort of reinvent the wheel. There's a lot of great stuff out there to get you started. And then I would also, I have to selfishly shout out uh, my website, drkmatson.com. I share a ton of lesson ideas, free resources, free downloads for educators. And there's also a section of my website that is a companion for my newest book, Ethics in a Digital World, where I have curated stories that are in the news that can be brought into the classroom to start these conversations. I've also curated some free resources like the ones that I just mentioned. And those are all on that companion website. So no need to even buy the book. You can just go and grab some of those freebies. But Kristen, if they want to buy the book, where where is it available? Is it on ISTE, Amazon, or is it just directly off of your website? So the book can be purchased uh, on the ISTE website. If you are an ISTE member, there is a discount. 
you can also purchase it through Amazon. So, uh, and there is an ebook version as well, if you prefer to read digitally. Thank you again to Dr. Kristen Matson for joining our show. For listeners interested in her new book, Ethics in the Digital World, we'll include a link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to this episode of Building the Bridge. I hope today's insights and strategies will prove valuable as you support great online learning this week. Be sure to visit edisonlearning.com for many more resources to support high-quality 21st century learning, including a comprehensive suite of more than 150 online courses for grades 6 through 12 and much, much more. Join me again next week for more tips to connect parents and educators around best practices for online learning.